Hey friends, welcome back to the Selling Utah podcast. I'm your host, McCall Hicken. I'm a local real estate agent here in Utah. This podcast is a place where you can get to know different small business owners of our community and learn what businesses might be just next door. Get to know the heart and soul behind their business, how they started, what motivated them, and get inspired to follow your dreams too. All right. We are back with the Selling Utah podcast. I have Tana and Brock here with us today. They are from Quintessence Health and Wellness out in Sandy. I said it right, right? Yeah, you did. Cool. We were talking about it before that a lot of people kind of struggle with that name, but but we got it. So, hey. (laughs) So, these guys, they do a lot of different stuff at this wellness center. They offer CBD cards products um i you guys said you're gonna start doing is it ketamine yeah i didn't want to butcher that either um but they do a lot of cool stuff and i'm super excited to learn more because this is all a little foreign to me but um but yeah i'm excited so i know we were kind of talking before there's probably going to be some stuff that you're going to repeat so we can educate people listening but we love education um, yeah tell us about your clinic and how you guys got started, how long you've yeah. been doing it, kind of your background, and just go for it. Okay. <laughs> so we've been in business. Uh, we started in 2018 and um, started off doing red light therapy and weight loss um, programs. And then um, about 2019, uh, acquired a, one of my business partners, Dr. Larson. And uh, that's where the medical cannabis stuff came in and able to offer those uh, cards and, well, get people registered and qualified for their cards. Um, first, it started off as letters, but now it's cards only. But um, And then we also do testosterone replacement. We still do the weight loss and red light therapy. We're going to do IV ketamine infusions as well, uh, which is for PTSD, anxiety, depression, um, even OCD. Uh, we do Botox and fillers. So one of our, our mottos is look good, live good. Or, whoop, I said that wrong. <laughs> it's look good, feel good, live good. And you can interchange right. them any way you want. Because if you feel good, you usually are, you feel like you look good too, and you're living good. And anyways, they just all, you can interchange them. And so that's kind of our, our purpose is to address the whole person as a whole, instead of just, you know, one specific aspect. I mean, we have specific treatments, but giving them the opportunity to see these other treatments or um, uh, programs that are beneficial to them that they may not know about that really give them more control over their health, which um, I've been in health and and fitness as well as the medical industry my entire life. If your health is is suffering, that's, that's really the foundation. If you don't feel good, you don't have the energy to be, you know, have the energy to play with your kids or business or relationships. I mean, it just really, takes us so much from you and it's something that I know is becoming more and more of a priority to people especially with COVID I think that's one of the best things that has come from COVID is being uh you know when we had the quarantine here it it kind of forced people to kind of take a a self-awareness check of you know I have all these goals and things that I want to do and now's a perfect time to do it you may have had the week of Netflix or whatever but that gets old real fast Mm -hmm. And, you know, is, is what I'm doing working and how can I improve my life? Is it meditating, you know, more of a spiritual, emotional uh, approach or physical approach? Like, hey, I can start doing a home workout or those things I've been putting off. Now I have all the time in the world to do it. 
or at least it seemed like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I think there's been more awareness around, like you said, the meditation and the, the mindfulness and uh, just our health as a whole more than ever before, yeah. because you're right, it's been a back burner. And I don't think people were as aware of the way our environment and the things we're putting in our body and all of that just affects us as a whole. Yeah. And yeah, I think COVID has been a huge eye opener for all of that and yeah. given people the time to slow down and really get in touch with how we feel. Because I think we're so busy all yep. the time, right? We're working, 100%. we're doing kids, we're doing family, we're doing all the things. And we're so busy that you never have that time to sit and really evaluate how you feel internally, right? whether that's your health or just your mental health, both of it. Yep. And I think people being quarantined and having to be home and be around your kids and your family and more and, or just even those, you are for sure. You, you have to slow down and evaluate that. And it's like, I gotta, I gotta get my, my health in check and my brain in check. And, you know, and it's, it's not an easy journey. It takes a lot. And it's cool that you guys offer all of this, you know, natural and, um, ketamine for people too and like you have yeah. all this stuff that can really just help people <coughs> focus on their health and, and not get rid of their body yes yes yeah, yeah right and we, seriously and we definitely have an integrated um approach as far as treatments and, and um uh goes for patients because western medicine does serve its purpose like if we didn't have antibiotics we'd be in a world of hurt right. and and there are uh individuals that do need pharmaceutical medication, you know, try telling a type one diabetic, you don't need insulin. That's just not going to work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, but I think the healthcare system, you know, it's never been perfect and it's never going to be perfect. And I think sometimes that's a, uh, an expectation that patients have is we want this perfect system. I don't know one thing on the face of the planet that's perfect. Not even any automated intelligence system software. Like it, it just doesn't exist. We're human. Um, but that's also part of the beauty in it as well is um, perfection's boring and you can expect it and you don't learn. Unless you're a Virgo. Unless <laughs> and it's really fun. I love it. But um, being it. able to combine the two of uh, Western and Eastern medicine or integrated medicine as well to treat people, uh, to treat patients as a whole and, and also empower them to know and educate them on what they can do. And I think that's a big part of also what COVID brought as well is um, with that self-awareness or self kind of force check is, is, I don't know any other word as far as force, but wasn't forced. Everyone chose to do it or they didn't, yeah. but um, kind of do that self inventory of what, where am I lacking and, and where can I improve and how do I want to make my life better? And ultimately um, each person has the ability and power to create that and, and make those changes. And no matter what their situation is, whether they have limitations or not, there's, there's options out there and things that they can do to enhance their health. And, um, my last, my last job was doing home health and hospice. So I got to watch a lot of people pass on to the next life, which was a, a huge, uh, learning opportunity and privilege as well. Cause I got to learn things about that were important about life that, had your had you be unless you were faced with death yourself, you probably wouldn't get to see or have those experiences. And I got to have those shared with me with the patients we took care of, which was um, a beautiful experience. And you know what they would have done different in their life, things they would have done, and kind of that man, I lived my my life wrong. I was trying to please everybody else instead of just living life on my own terms, you know. And it took me 
now to, to realize that and better late than never, I always said, but I, 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 I took, uh, I took that into account and made that a priority of, I also want to share that with other people. So you don't have to be on your deathbed and be like, man, I lived my life wrong. You know, I, I was living it for all the wrong reasons. Cause you know, like you said, we get so busy, whether it's being a parent, um, with work or a business or whatever have you, um, that we forget really at the end of the day, what life's really about. Like the Egyptians tried to take all their possessions with them and look what we have. Yeah. <laughs> they, you don't take it with you. I'm not saying that wanting, yeah. you know, um, to, to strive or achieve those, those things is a bad thing. Cause it's not, we all need to work towards something and there's nothing wrong with m- wanting money, more money. Money does make life easier, but if your health's in poor condition or lacking, you, that's only going to take you so far. You're only going to be able to have so much energy or uh, mind bandwidth to be able to make correct decisions or be self-aware if you're not meditating and taking care of your, you know, Stephanie's over here, got her, gallon jug of water and I use this <laughs> I use this example with patients often is if I said hey Stephanie can you hand me a gallon of water right now okay there's only a half right so you can't give me what you don't have and the only way you can fill your own cup is by take you know self-care right so and that's something that being so busy we're all kind of and I saw this and I'm sure you guys do too and more people are kind of becoming aware of I, I do have to take care of myself. There's a big difference between being unhealthily selfish and healthily selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, um, did there, you see how she tried to give you the gallon even though she didn't have it? Right. Like that's yeah. perfect too. Yes. Yeah. Because we have to fill ourselves up in order to have that gallon. And she wanted to give it to you anyway. And that's what we do to ourselves all day, every day. We overextend and we, we just do things that we probably shouldn't because we want to help everybody and do everything and then we wake up one day and we're in our deathbed yeah and we were like what the hell happened right and so just being able to provide you know the the being healthily selfish is you know why am I taking the time to take care of myself or do the self-care and it's so that I can be my very best when I show up for other people um Tony Robbins says a lot that the secret of living is giving and I firmly believe that that's why not bragging by any means that's why I'm up at four in the morning is because my passion is to help other people influence and give them you know share what I know and learn from them as well but I can't offer my best version of myself if I don't take the time to do that I'm only giving them a half a gallon instead of a full one if I don't have that I'm always running on empty and that's not fair to them. <laughs> I, she's, the reason Stephanie's <laughs> laughing right now right is now. because <laughs> I literally, I mean, we have this conversation all the time. And I always tell her that because, you know, I have two little boys that, that keep me busy and on my toes. And I, I mean, we have hard days, you know, but I always tell her that and same with her. She's got kids and I always tell her, I'm like, we got to fill our cups to overflow to our families yep. because, if you're just given half all the time, like they're not getting the best version. So it's funny that you said that. And that's why she's just laughing because it's like, we, we've had that conversation and I love that you bring up Tony Robbins yeah. because we, you know, follow him and um, we were supposed to go to his unleash the power within last May March. or March. He's doing a virtual event. I know I need to do that one, but yeah, we never got to go because of COVID and it was so sad. I'm like, oh, it's awesome. But I've been, have, have you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I love that we're like, on the same page with all that because everything you're saying, I'm just like, amen, amen, amen. So yeah, so I totally agree. So I love what you guys are doing and offering. And I, I think it's absolutely incredible. 
So, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And what you're saying about, I mean, that's got to be such an eye-opening experience to be around what you were and, and watching people, you know, pass on and, and getting to learn from them in a sense, you know, and I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine the things you learned and got to take from that. And yeah. It's why uh, because I, it's true. It's, it sucks that it takes getting to that point. And there's one, I mean, we see these things on Facebook and Instagram of the stories and you see the memes <coughs> and they hit you for a minute, but actually like living that and seeing the people and the emotion behind it, it's, it's got to hit you on a totally different level than, Oh, absolutely. You know, so, it, it was a daily yeah. reminder and a humbling experience to what's really important. Yep. You know, how am I living my life? And I'd ask that to people, uh, like, how you living? Is what you're doing, how you, if, if you were to, today were to be your last day, is that how you want to spend your time? And, of course, there's things that we all do have to do that are necessary, like you got to feed the dog or, you know, pay your bills. Like, those aren't, but it's also how you, how you look at it. And I'm listening to Tony Robbins and being fans. I'm sure you, I'm preaching to the choir here, but. Um, it's on how you it really it's an opportunity to fulfill your obligation for somebody that provided a service to you of being able to keep your lights on to Rocky Mountain Power. You know, I didn't have to I didn't have to worry when I flipped that switch on that my lights weren't going to come on or my water was going to come on that I have hot water like all that stuff. It's a convenience that we take for granted. But there's plenty of people in the world that live on a three dollars a day, three dollars like I don't know how much lunch was or whatnot, but not three dollars, not three dollars, <laughs> you know, like. That, that's something uh, yeah. that it's easy to get caught up in, in the, the things that really don't matter. Yep. And that's what I really saw with people being on their deathbed is like, not that we can't enjoy and, and have that entertainment aspect, because that's really important too, mm -hmm. um, and having fun, but time and a place, you know, you create the life you live and everyone's really just living in results with their decisions. And sometimes that's not a conversation or a, um, a realization people want to hear. Because yeah, then they true. have to be accountable of like, oh, I did that. I or I didn't this. do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it you sucks. did. And the only person that can change it is you. Like that, but that's also the beauty of it. You have the ability to do something different, but you have to know what's working or what's not working and be able to have that realization in order to do something different. So right. yeah. That's you know, some of the services that, that we offer in treatments is 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 uh, surrounded or encompassed with that is try something different if if you know pain medication is not working for you or if it's something you don't particularly like medical cannabis could be an option for you yeah so let yeah <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to touch on that because um I like I said I asked my followers some questions that they had and one that I got a lot was what is the process of getting a card what is the first steps what kind of um, diagnosis do you have to have in order to get one? Because yeah. I know there's a lot of different information floating around. It's, I mean, it's been around for a minute, but it's still kind of a newer yeah. thing in, in our area. So, yeah. uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions about that. So why don't you kind of, the process is yeah. actually fairly simple and that's something that we really do pride ourselves in, um, is making sure that we provide the most value to our patients. It's not just come in, see, uh, you know, patients see a doctor and then they're out. Like we go above and beyond for our patients because I feel like that's what they deserve because this is uncharted territory, not just for a lot of healthcare professionals, but also for patients as well. And it's scary to walk into a doctor's office and they say, Hey, are you 
or have you used cannabis currently or in the past? And they're like, oh, is that a trick question? Is the Sorry. DEA going to come out and, and arrest <laughs> me? And it's like, this. no, but that's yeah. also kind of the, one of the, the gaps in healthcare is if you can't be, uh, have a relationship, a collaborative relationship with your provider, it's kind of the same thing. You can only, you can only do so much with a half gallon water jug. If I only give you half the story, then you can only deal with that. But right. there's so many pieces of the puzzle that I can't play, you know, piece that puzzle piece together and get the full picture if I don't have all the pieces. I don't care. You know, it's no different than if someone comes in on the street and says, hey, I'm addicted to, to, to an illegal substance, you know, meth, heroin, whatever. Cool. Thanks for being honest. How can I help you? That's great. You know, and that's kind of the extreme, but. Yeah, being able to have that open conversation and not being feel you know not feel judged like oh great it's working for you because m- at least my providers are very interested because it's not something they're taught in 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 school of great how's it working for you tell me like I'm interested please tell more and they're like what the heck this is so weird <laughs> but are you trying to it, trick it's, me yeah What's right they're like here? I'm not sure but you know eventually they open up and and it's it's total new insight that we haven't had for just barely over 50 years that most people don't know that's how long cannabis has been made illegal just barely over 50 years but it's been used for tens of thousands of years as a medication let's explain the process yeah sorry going back the to the process finding out if you have a uh, qualification which uh, pain lasting longer than two weeks cancer you know muscle spasms nausea i mean there's a whole list and to be honest with you 99% of people qualify. You don't have to be dying. Oh, yeah. And I did have a question because I, again, this is just like things I've heard on the streets, whatever. Yeah. But I've heard that like anxiety, I, I hear a lot of people say like, yeah, I'd like to get it f- to help anxiety or, or sleeping. And I've heard that that's not actually a it's diagnosis not a, yeah. that qualifies you because it can actually like enhance it or something like that is that I don't know it depends on the person <laughs> just like with any other medication there's a potential for it to heighten or intensify a certain uh, symptom you're having um, and cannabis can do that with anxiety depending on what strain you do mm-hmm. if you do more of a sativa it can definitely heighten your anxiety or bring that out more um, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work for you just try something different there's a lot of different other a uh, lot of other options and forms to do but um, can qualify for anxiety not on the qualifying list per se, but there's a special board of doctors that can go over anybody's records to determine whether or not they qualify for cannabis outside of that list. And so I always encourage people to go through that board of doctors because pain is an easier qualifier. And most people that are trying to qualify for anxiety, we can just get them under the pain category and we skip that whole month and a half long process. But if you are willing, and if anybody out there is willing, this board of doctors has approved almost every adult that has come in front of them and asked to use medical cannabis for anxiety. The catch-22 and the thing about it is, is you do have to admit that it's working for you. So it's kind of like you have to actually say, yes, I'm doing it illegally. But remember, we're not here to entrap you. We're here to get you legal, basically. So if they wanted to go through that process, they could. And they don't actually even have to be in front of that board of doctors. Just one of our doctors or their particular doctor will just put together basically their file 
And it takes about a month and a half, and that's just because they review the cases once a month. But you can literally get approved for anything outside of the conditions list if you can prove that it's currently helping you. And I think that's huge, actually, because that opens a whole big door for a lot of people. They just have to be willing to go through a little bit longer of a process. And so pain's easier to fall back on. And yes, please get your med card right away if you have pain and, and you can. But if you're kind of willing to be that warrior, that will help us get these conditions permanently added to the list with no question whether or not that it works for people or not. Because right now, unfortunately, Utah does not recognize mental health as a vi- as they don't recognize cannabis as a viable tool to help with mental health other than PTSD. Um, and you do have to be under active care with a therapist with, with PTSD too. So, cause there are some side effects to that. They think as far as using cannabis and they just want to make sure that you're under the care of a professional, um, but yeah, there's lots of hope. Like you don't, I've heard on the streets a hundred times, like, oh, I thought you had to be dying. That's why Brock yeah. said that. And you really don't have to be dying. Um, it's just a little bit of a process. And so that's why it's really good to choose a place to go that actually knows what they're doing when they're talking about Utah cannabis. If your doctor won't recommend, if your doctor will, cool. But a lot of them won't. A lot of them can't. There's certain hospital networks around here that don't really allow them to register as a as a QMP as a registered doctor to to hand out the cannabis so that's why we're here is we're here for those whose doctor can't or won't prescribe the medical cannabis then they can come to us and at least get access and then they can coordinate with their primary care physician as far as like what they're taking how how it's working for them but also stay in contact with us and let us how it's work let us know how it's working for them too. Okay, cool. So it's kind so, of the process. Yeah, so if they're, like, interested and it's something that they wanted to get, would going directly to you guys then be kind of that first step? And then they can, I mean, depending, you can direct them to, like, the board of doctors if they yeah. need to go that route. Or, or you can kind of give them a direction. From, totally. Cool. We can really help people at any stage that they're at, whether they're our patient or not. So even if they've been to another clinic and they're totally unaware of what to do, they can call our phone number and we will help them. Um, And we especially will help them with, it's called the Compassionate Use Board. And we will help them through that process. We don't charge extra. Most of the other clinics in the area do, um, but that's not right to do. Um, And so, yeah, that's where we would start. And we have phone consults that we do. So they are more than welcome to schedule a a five-minute phone consult. It's generally going to be with me or with someone from our office. Um, and we can talk about anything that they want to talk about. Go over symptoms, go over, hey, most of the time I get questions on the phone consults about the qualifying conditions. That's usually why people sign up for that phone call because they're just not sure. And then they're right. also not sure what kind of paperwork they need, like how they prove it. So we can mm-hmm. tell people that's something else right now yep. how to prove it. And so the state does audit all the QMPs. A QMP is a doctor that's allowed to recommend cannabis in Utah. You have to go through a four-hour course to get it. It's pretty simple. I mean, more doctors should really hop on and start trying to do it. Um, (laughs) But I totally forgot what I was talking about. Sorry. Um, How to prove. There we go. Okay, sorry. So I get (laughs) off on tangents. So we just have to have something in paper that shows that you have a qualifying condition. Um, Say you're qualifying for pain. You have to try two different things in the eyes of the states before we can technically qualify you for cannabis. So that can be yoga. It can be chiropractic care. It can be Tylenol. It can be Advil. Two of those as a combo is what the state wants to see that you have tried first. So as long as you've done that and you can bring in records that show that, verbally you can say I've used Tylenol. But we're talking about like bringing in chiropractic care records, physical therapy records, anything from the doctor that shows any kind of post-surgery condition where they have marked down that you literally are going to have chronic pain for the rest of your life. Something as simple as that. So it doesn't have to be your whole life history. 
We get a lot of people that come in that want to kind of pile things on top of each other. Well, if I don't qualify for this, I'll qualify for that. Well, if I don't for this. And they kind of pile it up, like hoping that they'll qualify for something and that they have to talk us into the fact that they qualify. And they really don't. They just have to have the paperwork that shows they have a qualifying condition. Talk to the doctor for like 10 or 15 minutes, depending on what you want to talk about. And if you're starting fresh or if you're like, dude, I know what I'm doing. Like, can I just get my card and get the hell out of here? To like starting like you're in kindergarten and talking about what flower is, because I've had those conversations conversations too where they don't even know like what the flower is and, and those kinds of things so um yeah that would be that would be me I'd be like wait there's different types like <laughs> yes. I mean I'm slowly becoming aware like I said I have some family members that um have their cards for medical conditions and they've kind of like educated me on it a little bit because I was totally just oblivious to it like I yeah. didn't know anything and I'm like oh there's different types there's different it affects you in different ways and <laughs> yeah so I know and she's that's laughing what we're like, running into that's kind of what we're <laughs> running into right now like when we have med card clinic at the wellness underground where we have uh, just a mobile clinic set up so people don't have to travel so far to come see us um we show them all kinds of stuff too because being in that shop helps out because we have devices that we can show them and like the dry herb vapes that no one has heard about and the gummies and now there's oil there's mouth sprays and all kinds of stuff and that seems to be kind of the crowd that's coming in right now everybody who basically has used cannabis their whole life has basically gotten word gotten in and they're good right right now we have everybody trickling in that's like hey what is this what are you guys talking about why is it helping so many people i really don't have to get stoned if i want to have pain relief and we're like no dude you just cbd it up and you're good um, half and half. It's awesome. And so that's kind of what we're running into right now is the people that have more in-depth questions about like the types of administration and um, just what you use for what. And we get to tell them the fun answer that it's trial and error. <laughs> you get to try it, it all and find out what works best that's for cool. you. Um, so it's pretty fun, actually, right now, kind of the crowd that we have we'll take coming some samples in. if you got yeah. some. We actually, we get tons and tons and tons of samples. We have friends all over Not the place. THC Not Well, we can say it because it's a gift, and we're both MedCard patients, I think. So it's fine. Um, it's, yes, huh? Anyway, I think so. No, I think it is. But we get tons of CBD samples all the time, oh, yeah, too, CBD. that we love giving out, too, because we can only consume so much. And yeah. so that's just another benefit of being connected to the community is they pass a lot of stuff on to us because they know we're going to pass it on to other people and we're not going to just hoard it or sell it or whatever. So if anybody really, and you could put the offer out right now, like if anybody is really just kind of on the fence, even about CBD and just doesn't know where to look, like come hit us up. We know where to go. We know what's junk, what's not, what to spend your money on, what to stay away from. Like we're pretty hip to the Utah market and what's going on. Well, I can tell. And even just like sitting here talking to you before we started recording, I mean, these guys are just down to earth, like mm -hmm. just tell you how it is. I mean, yeah. I love that you guys are just honest and just upfront and genuinely want to help people. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can just tell everyone right now, like, don't be shy. If you have questions, like right. reach out to you guys. Cause yeah. you're reach out to us. You're badass. Yeah. <laughs> can yeah the, we free, could the free eligibility consults is probably the best place to start. Once we figure out what your qualifying condition is, which 90% of the patients in Utah, that's what they qualify for. And once we do that, then we schedule you with the doctor and they just ask you some questions. Hey, have you tried it before? What other, you know, have you tried Tylenol, ibuprofen? You know, we'll get your medical records as well um, or they'll bring them in. And then we can start through the registration process with the state um, and which is the EVS system to get them their card because it's all digital. 
Like we don't physically hand out a card. The state issues it, they email it to the patients after we go through a registration process between the patient and the doctor. And the Mm -hmm. records part is actually huge for us because Brock Mm -hmm. has really great relationships with a lot of the medical clinics around here. And so we have access to a lot of systems where if you have a hard time looking up your records and you've been seen in Utah, we can find them for you. Um, And that's actually huge because people have a big issue with being able to retrieve their records, I think is the biggest roadblock. Yeah. So we don't have that issue. I mean, because I was in healthcare for like 10 years before I switched into real estate and even patients calling to get their own records, it's like you have to make them jump through all these hoops mm-hmm. to get their own later, information. And right. it's like, I'm really sorry. Like, like you, we're you trying. You literally have to pos- petition the Freedom of Information <laughs> Act to get yes. your doctor records it's in insane. a reasonable amount of time. Right? I know. So that's, that's awesome that you can have some connections yeah, and helping people because that can be really frustrating, especially for people that aren't, don't like to do the stuff on the internet and on their phones and, like, I have a lot of people, we do a lot digitally in my field, and <laughs> certain people are just like, I just want to come in and sign the damn papers. Like, right. yeah. I don't want to do this online. I don't like computers. And so that's cool that you guys can help, just help people navigate because it can be frustrating. Yeah. And you don't want people to give up on trying to feel better just because they can't find a document somewhere. Right. So. We've really tried to make that this whole process super simple, which, you know, getting the records, like if you've been seeing an IHC, any IHC clinic in the state of Utah, hospital um, or U of U or Mount, Mountain Star, I can generally find your records, of course, with patient permission. And I can right. just get those and that saves a ton of time mm-hmm. and headache for the patients. And I can look it up right there, Johnny, on the spot. So awesome. how far back can you go for records? So it, like- de- it depends on the, the EMR we're looking in, but generally I can go back pretty far. So um, say like I haven't gone to a doctor for like four years because I have I anxiety. Would I still be able to get a card since it was four years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's we just have to have something. It can be from any time period in your life other than PTSD that has to be active. But say like the last time you went to the doctor for pain was 12 years ago. If it's still hurting you, we can use it. If that you don't have to the doctor again to show it. Uh-uh. No. Okay. No. You but just like, disclose to our doctor at that time that your injury is still hurting. Okay. You. We, we actually, you know, it's funny is the people who've been using cannabis for a long time and haven't gone to the doctor. That's me. Yeah. They, they've actually, they're sometimes they're the more challenging <laughs> patients to find right. records for. Yeah. Um, that, but we can usually find something um, that even if it's 20 years ago, as long as it's not like, hey, I had a tonsillectomy. I got my wisdom teeth out. Like, that's not going to work. I don't know very many people that have chronic wisdom teeth pain from 30 years ago. Or like a broken finger, right? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, okay, I can justify why there would be pain. Like, Mm -hmm. nerve pain, you know, diabetic neuropathy. Yep, that would work. Or How about postpartum depression? Would that count? Not technically, because it's not the only mental health condition is PTSD, which, you know, okay. we'll have some patients that come in and say, hey, I have it. And then my next question is, you've been officially diagnosed, right? Because some people like to self-diagnose. Oh, yeah. um, so you do have to be have officially diagnosed. You can find pain somewhere. Yeah. That lasts longer than <laughs> But like, let's say, you know, if you don't mind. Okay. If you were okay. to call in, Stephanie, and say, hey, I'm wondering if I qualify. I'd say, okay, great. What, what do you use cannabis or have you used cannabis for in the past? Yeah, every night. For what? Tell me what you use. Anxiety. And to handle my kids. (laughs) 
that's awesome. That's great. Unfortunately, anxiety is not one of the qualifiers, but does it help you with pain at all? Yeah, it helps with my cramps. Okay. Tell me about those. Um, I've had cramps my whole life since I was 16. Okay. And I'm sure those probably give you some nausea as well. Yeah. Okay. So nausea is, chronic nausea is one of them. So okay. there you go. You qualify. So we can just find something that the doctor's notes say that you have nausea or maybe get them in your next visit to note that, especially if you've mentioned it before, because sometimes you'll mention things to doctors and visits that don't have anything to do with why you scheduled. And so they won't put that in the notes, like the extra stuff that you add. And then we could always just have you go back. Or if you don't have a current doctor, we can send you to people, places, chiropractors have intro deals all the time where you can go complain about what's going on. And the nice thing about Utah, unlike other states, other states make you prove your pain continuously for the pain category. So in other states, like you have to go in every three months and prove that it's still painful. So that's pretty stringent. So Utah, you just have to do it once. You just have to prove that you have that chronic pain one time, and then you're on the same follow-up schedule that everybody else is. You, but you don't have to sit there and be and prove that it's painful over and over and over and over again like you do in other states. I'm glad you brought that up because I had somebody else ask about that. If it's something you have to like renew and get requalified for every year, and they also asked about like the costs associated with that. If that's mm-hmm. something you do have to do, mm-hmm. yep. I don't know if that's like a loaded question, but no. no. Huh. So they do have to do follow-ups, and it's just like, you know, what the state of Utah and every other state across the nation is trying to integrate it in with how healthcare already works. Like, if you go get a blood pressure medication, do you have to see your doctor at least every six months or three months, depending on the schedule of the drug? Yeah, yeah you absolutely. do. Because that's the doctor's job is to help collaborate and make sure that you, everything's working the way it should and that there's nothing else new, you know, side effects, or if there's any changes that need to be made. That's the purpose of the follow-ups are you getting the most benefit out of the medication or do we need to make some alter, you know, uh, some changes uh, or different form, different amount, dose, whatever, right. maybe try a different medication in general. That's what those follow-ups are for. So after they meet with the doctor the first time, they just have to be seen every six months for that first year now. And I'm going to be very candid because I know a lot of patients after their first year, like I want to be, After the first year, the doctor has the discretion, let me repeat that, the discretion (laughs) of whether or not they feel the patient's appropriate to approve for an entire year. And sometimes I get patients that don't like, or we get patients that are like, I feel like that's a right. No, it's not. It's a privilege. If everything's working, like that's also the point of it. This is a medication one of the first documented medications back in like 10 whatever BC in China. This is a medication and, and it's also something that the doctors want to know uh, how it's working in collaboration with the patient. And it should be done that way. Personally, that's my opinion. Um, that, you know, left to our own devices, we generally don't do so well. Mm-hmm. Um, discipline is not really something that society teaches here in the United States or really across the board. But that's what it's meant there to do. Uh, that's the way it's structured is to have those follow-ups. Make sure that you're getting the, because we've had people come in like, oh, edibles don't work for me. How did you use them? Well, I tried it. It didn't kick in in 20 minutes. So I took another one. That didn't work. So I kicked it in and took another one. Well, you're, I can see why that didn't. It actually worked really well for you. And I'm sure you didn't like it, right? I, probably slept a lot longer than I hate this. This isn't working for me. What are you using it for? anxiety or 
or my PTSD when I'm having getting an anxiety attack. Great. Edibles is probably not a, a breakthrough time to do mm-hmm. for, for, for PTSD. That's not a good form for that. You maybe need to try inhalation or a tincture or something that's got quick, you know, quicker acting, faster acting for you. Right. So again, um, if you look at the etymology of the meaning of doctor, it actually means to teach and to educate. If you look at dictator, one of the first definitions is to prescribe. Kind of interesting. But, interesting. Um, and that's kind of how healthcare is set up <laughs> is like, hey, you're going to take this or I'm not going to see you as a patient. Or you get reprimanded, shamed, guilted. Not to say that some people don't deserve that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, that. There's I can difficult o- patients out yeah, there. Yeah, I are. can only the doctors can only do so much. You got to do your part. Right. Yep. You know they're not babysitters, mm-hmm. unless you're a pediatric. Then even then they're not babysitters. They have parents for that. Yep. But <laughs> you know it, it should be a working collaboration. Anyways, that um, you know learning what forms are going to serve you best and strengths because there really is so much when it comes to cannabis, different forms, different strains, different concentrations, ratios, depending on what you're using it for. And, and learning what works best for you because everyone's different. Something that works for Tana may not work for me at all right. and vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, but that's through. And this is actually one thing that I love about cannabis coming from the healthcare industry. For the first time, patients actually have to be accountable. Mm-hmm. And is this working? And if it's not, why? So that we can, the doctor in collab, when they come see and talk to the doctor, they can say, I tried this, this, and this, or I did it this way, and it didn't work. Okay, great. Let's try it this way. Or if they're like, it just didn't work. Well, what, how'd you do it? Well, I just did it this way, and, and you know, these are kind of general. But um, if we don't have those specifics, because everyone's super, super different. Yeah, exactly. You know? Our, so, we all work differently. Our bodies are different. Yeah. I mean, it's, all cannabis is different. Yes. I mean, yeah, there's, so there's not a one-size-fits-all. Right? Yeah. Totally. So, Kind of having that self-awareness. Get, tech, get to technical on the, the follow-up schedule just so that people are aware and they have proper expectations because, and it sounds like a lot of them are asking questions on your feed and maybe they've even called around to some clinics and get gotten the runaround. And so this is the deal. So when you call a med card clinic and you start asking about price, I need you to ask these questions, okay? Don't just ask what is the cost of the first appointment because there is a follow-up schedule that's mandated by the state. You get in your first time and then in 90 days, six months, six months, and that's when the doctor can decide whether you're every six months or every year. A lot of people are being bamboozled. And it's sad. Okay, so ask more than just what the cost of the first appointment is because it might be low, but then you get to your six month appointment and you find out it's 400 effing dollars, right? And now you have to stay there and you have to pay it because they have to certify you in the system every 90 days, that first six or seven, nine months, whatever. The doctor actually has to certify you for you to keep your renewal and keep your license. So if you don't pay that money, their doctor doesn't certify you for your renewal and you start the process all over again. So don't get wamboozled. Ask what the full cost of the full program is. Yeah, that's really good to know. And so for us, for that first four appointments, it's 475 bucks, but that covers you for almost a year and a half worth of appointments. And we have a payment plan and we have ways to earn your money back too. I don't really like calling it an affiliate program, but it fits Utah, Mm -hmm. but it sounds kind of salesy, but we just really want people to make their money back because we know it's not cheap. And so we have a program where if you send people our way, we give you your initial 250 back. 
So it's just kind of a cycle of everybody helping everybody. You know what I mean? And so it's just, it's really, really important to make sure you know the full cost of the program and not just that first appointment because there's so many messes that we clean up on a daily basis because of some of these med card clinics around here that are just wamboozling people left and right. So that's just, that's my number one tip to everybody is if you don't come to us, which you should, you should, because <laughs> we do it right. And we'll make sure you know everything before you leave and that you, you're not unaware of the program at that point, that you're fully aware of what you need to do next, right? What all the laws are that you can't smoke it. We can go over that too, if you want, cause it's weird. You can't actually smoke it in Utah. It's, it's, it's weird. So we go over all that. So, but if you don't come to us, you know, and you end up not being able to go to your doctor, definitely make sure you check out what all the fees are. Yeah, that's good to know. Why, I mean, you brought that up. So why don't you kind of like talk about that a little bit? Cause I, again, I, this is all so legalities. Yeah. Like, okay. I didn't know that. So the weirdest one that, yeah, that most people don't still don't know, which is weird to me, but I'm in it all day, every day. So I don't, it's, that's why it's weird to me. But so in Utah, you technically cannot smoke the flower. Anything that combusts, you cannot do. And their reasoning behind that is, is it burns off the medicinal value of the flower, which it does because you have terpenes, cannabinoids, and flavonoids in that, right? They're, think of them as vitamins. They're all just vitamins I've in the plant. I've been using it all wrong. Okay. <laughs> but no, but listen, because seriously, you, we are kind of wasting flour. If, we're all, if you're made of money, by all means, waste all the flour. Okay. Because smoking it is how I like to consume. But it does burn off the medicinal value of the plant because you have all those phytonutrients in there, right? And at certain temperatures, they burn off. And when you light it with the lighter, it's getting over like 400 degrees, which basically burns everything off. And so you're only getting part of the medicinal value right before it started getting up to like 350 or something like that. So really Mm -hmm. brief if you're lighting a bowl, right? Or you're smoking uh, out of a bong, whatever. And so vaping it... All that does is it vapes the trichomes off the outside of the flower. So all the crystally sugary looking stuff, that's the trichomes. That's where the THC is. That's where all the medicine is, basically. It's just going to burn that off without combusting the flower and, and not overheating it to where it's burning off half of the medicine. So in a sense, it actually is more therapeutic, but it's not as freaking fun because passing around a joint it's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it, it really can be. So so that's a weird one. Okay, here's the other one. Right. You can't puff, puff, pass with an electronic device. It's weird. And I'm old and I just, it's, yes. And I gave it away in the group because I'm like, this thing's weird. I'm just going to smoke it. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> Okay, second weird thing that you wouldn't think is a thing, but it is here in Utah. The only edible item you're allowed to have is a gelatinous cube, basically a jello square. And they sell them in the dispensaries. You can actually make your own as well. And it's much, much cheaper than buying them in the dispensary. There's nothing that stops people from making their own homemade stuff with that flour once they get it home from the dispensary. I've been told that directly by people that make the law. But you can't actually have like cookies, candies, brownies. You can have them in your home, but you can't take them out and about. You can't sell them. They're not selling them at the dispensaries. No Twizzlers, no Twix, no all the other the nerd, nerd that's ropes. That's just in Utah, right? That's just in Utah. But the kicker is at the beginning of the year, the new law went into effect where you can't go purchase out of state either. So you can't bring those items in from out of state either. So the only edible item is a Jello cube right now until they fix something so those those are kind of the two big ones where people are like either like they still want to do it or they're totally turned off they're like well what the hell am I going to get my card for then if I can't 
make brownies and I can't smoke a joint, right? And then I thought I was going to get around it too. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just light a joint on a coil stove, right? That doesn't put a lighter to it. And then that's when they came, that's when they came out with the combust word <laughs> because they were using lighting it at first, mm-hmm. but then they realized, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just roll a joint and light it on the coil stove. And they're like, oh no, okay, no. Anything that combusts, you can't do. And I'm like. So I have another question <laughs> right. a lot. Is it true if you have your medical card, you can't carry a gun, you can't get your concealed weapons, you can't have both? Absolutely not. Absolutely not true. So in HB 425, it specifically states in the law, specifically, a couple times actually, because they felt the need to reword things like three or four times, and it's really weird. (laughs) But Utah State is not going after anyone's guns. Okay. There's this weird thing because federal and and state, right? Federally, it's still illegal. Statewide, it's not. Federal is what controls your your concealed carry and your ability to purchase a new firearm from a store. Okay. But Utah has said they're not going to cooperate with any kind of federal agency to take your guns. So if the feds are coming in to take your guns, it's the cherry on top of whatever the hell it is they're busting you for in the first place. Because they're not coming into Utah just to get you for your guns. Because they can't, and Utah won't help them. They li- it literally states in there that they will not spend any resources taking your guns. So this is what you do. On the federal application for your concealed carry and to buy a new firearm, there's a question on the application. It asks you if you're under the influence of any illegal substances. People think they're not because it's statewide legal, but technically they are because it's federally illegal. So if you mark no because you're a medical patient, you are breaking federal law. So everyone needs to keep that in mind. So you mark yes? No. I wouldn't. <laughs> you mark whatever you feel is appropriate for the type of risk you want to take. Okay. Some people think that it's no big deal. Like, what, the feds are really going to come after you for marking a question? Like, don't they have bigger fish to fry, right? But other people are like, oh, hell no. I am not doing that. It's federally legal. Oh, my gosh. America. You know what I mean? America. <laughs> so it just kind of depends on your personal preference. But also, they just signed into state law, Governor Cox. I think that's who. I don't follow politics very much, but I'm having to because of cannabis. He just signed in that we don't, starting in May, we don't even need concealed carry permits. So boom, gone. Problem solved, okay? But before, you did want to make sure that, so that you weren't lying on that federal application, you did want to make sure that you got your concealed carry before your med card, but there's nothing but from stopping you. they can't you. once you get your med card. Uh, no, and okay. they're not even going to try. I've heard that a lot. Know. They wouldn't even know because it's a violation. They wouldn't even know that you have a med card because that's a violation of HIPAA. Okay. So all of that, everything that's done around the medical cannabis card, if it violates HIPAA in any way, shape, or form, Utah, like when it says they won't utilize any any, um, resources, they couldn't divulge that even if they wanted Mm -hmm. to. They would have a huge, 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 like you think the government, like the police and federal government's bad? Try messing with HIPAA. Your life will be over for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't mess and around. As far as they don't mess around. Carrying and having your card, you just have to treat it the same as narcotics and alcohol. You can't be drunk and carry your gun. Right. So same you can't driving. you can't be stoned and carry your gun. Same thing. So it's it's actually completely protected. But be uh-huh. responsible and be safe. But yeah, right. just be responsible, yeah. have common sense around it right. and just don't be an idiot. Yeah. yeah. 
Unfortunately, common sense just isn't common anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, and a couple, so I wanted to address a couple other questions I had around this too. Um, I know you kind of mentioned the the qualifying diagnosis, but I had I had two other ones. Someone asked if it's beneficial for endometriosis and PCOS. Yes. yes. It's the best. There you go. Okay, so tell them about suppositories really fast. Yeah, so I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, that they are adding or have already added suppositories to um, some of the accepted forms. Um, I know that the dispensaries don't have them, but you can actually get CBD suppositories, um, which are honestly from, and I wouldn't know, but um, intravaginally, they're really great for cramps, that time of the month. I know. Like, I've, we've, we've had some patients share their feedback, and they're like, this is, like, life-changing. That's like, awesome. It's Cannabis is, some is sometimes things. the only thing that saves the ladies that I know with endometriosis. It's the only thing that helps. And you don't, and you don't, it, and you it just, just acts put it right different. where it needs to go. <laughs> Stick yep. it there. It's the best and way it's to getting do it. it. It's getting it directly to the source because it mm-hmm. acts very differently um, when you use that uh, method of, or form to, to treat yourself or a patient that um, it just acts very differently in the body because it's going directly at the source. So mm-hmm. um, it's consumed very differently than when you ingest it or inhale it. Um, but even inhaling way. it and tincture form yeah. will still help tremendously That's with so endometriosis awesome. and cramps and all the CBD rub no for cramps is like, just oh, try yeah. it. Just try it. Muscle MX, they're a local Utah company <coughs> or Wellness Underground. They have a black label um, salve that's perfect for cramps. Oh, so, so good. That's awesome. If it doesn't work, you just got a lot of tissue. Just put a little more on in five <laughs> minutes. Keep, it's just got to work keep, its way keep in. Bad. Yep. Awesome. I love it. Um, and then someone else asked, too, if it's beneficial for improving glucose levels in a type 1 diabetic. It can. Um, that's always a tricky question to, to answer because when it comes to diabetic, there's so many variables. Mm-hmm. But, yes, it can help regulate their sugars a little bit better. But, it again, it's dependent upon the patient. Right. So Cool. Yeah. So something they could maybe call and have a consult. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, absolutely. And check with you guys. You awesome. Know, yeah. And then someone asked, too, um, what you guys would suggest for nerve pain. She's, she said the diagnosis she has <coughs> is, I'm going to murder this. Um, do you want to tr- try that one? Neuropathy? It's like arachondritis or something. Arachondritis. It's that A word right there at the top. She said it's similar to MS, nerve pain, oh. arachnoid. Okay, so think similar to MS is what she said. Yeah. Think of it like this: cannabis is born to kill inflammation. Okay, itis is inflammation. <clears throat> so any kind of cannabis product is going to help with any kind of inflammation, and that's just where it's like the the tested on yourself. So if that's like I don't know what that is, but. You can always do an inside-outside regimen, and it will help you. If you get a salve that's used for on-the-spot pain relief, and then you do a tincture that's internal, it literally is born to kill anything that ends in itis. And it doesn't just mask the pain. It literally goes to the inflammation and starts correcting it because they're finding that your endocannabinoid system, which is all the receptors all over your body. It's like supposedly this brand new system. We just found out we had. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who knew? And just so <laughs> happens to regulate every other system in our body. So I have a really hard time believing that we didn't know it About was there, before. but so it will literally go in and your endocannabinoid system is activated at that point And literally just starts searching all over your body for problems. And inflammation is one of the 
the biggest ones that we have causes all kinds of pain all over our body. Literally cannabis is born to go in and start regulating all of that. So yeah, cannabis and CBD, what that, when it comes to inflammation, why, if you think of cannabis as a whole, like you look at the qualifying conditions that Utah has, other states have, and a lot, a lot of states have a long, long list. Mm -hmm. It is so versatile. And the reason being is because of the endocannabinoid system that we all have in our body. The endocannabinoid system consists of every system within the body, neurologically, endocrine, reproductive, uh, neurological, immune system. It affects every one of those. So that's why it is so versatile in treating so many things. And what it does is with treating inflammation, it reduces that and it it helps the body to work towards and achieve um, homeostasis, which homeostasis you don't have inflammation now and i don't want i do want to preface too that there there are some patients actually there's quite a few patients that cannabis is only going to take you so far or cbd you still may need and there's patients that do like if you've had seven back surgeries most likely cannabis is only going to take you so far if it works for you great but there are some people that still do need pain medicine and that's fine and the good part about cannabis is it's not going to uh, suppress your uh, uh, respiratory system, your cardiovascular system to where, like with some of these other meds, if you combine Xanax and like an Oxycontin, it can really suppress your respiratory system, cardiovascular system, where your heart just stops. Yeah, it can be a little scary. Yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the oh, nice yeah. thing about it is it actually helps make the cannab- or the opiates work more effectively without all the side effects. And with so, less, right? Less what's amount that? of opiates. Yeah. Um, typically patients either reduce their opiate intake by 50% or completely. That's awesome. About 85% of patients show that once they start cannabis. And just because of the homeostasis, they're able to get rid of their blood pressure meds and their CPAP machines and all kinds of stuff that you didn't think would tie into cannabis, but it just, it, it almost helps you start making better decisions also. It's weird. with that. It does. Yeah, well, I mean, and like you're saying, I think when you're achieving homeostasis and everything, your systems are working in sync with each other, which is what you want your body to do, you do. You have mental clarity, which helps you make better decisions, like, all around, not only for your your health in general, but, like, your life. (laughs) Right. You know, that's what we want. Absolutely. It's that whole going back to that balance, like we were talking about at the beginning. Um, Inflammation is really, like, if I were to say, hey, what's the definition definition of inflammation what would you tell me i would say like swollen joints okay and that's typically the answer i get yeah really inflammation is you either have too much of one thing and you usually have a deficiency of another simply put and that's just an imbalance and And if if you have too much of something your body goes to try to attack it right and that's what the inflammation is um not always but it it will always try like even if your body's has a lot of inflammation like with autoimmune disease yes you get to a tipping point where you have so much inflammation um best way i can explain it is it's kind of like you have these little warriors these fighters in your body that they've just become so bombarded with the overwhelm the overwhelming inflammation that they now they've just kind of blinded their eyes and they're swinging away at anything and everything and they may hit a few friends you know that are on the same team but they're just trying to do the best they can just swing and hopefully they hit the right people and that's, you know, I'm sure with COVID, maybe you guys, the cytokine storm, where your body, you have pro-inflammatories and anti-inflammatories. Pro-inflammatories is really when you get like the vaccine is it's promoting 
you're pro-inflammatory, so it increases your, your immune system. But if your immune system is so overwhelmed or it goes in a hyperdrive, that's when you have a cytokine storm and your body just starts to attack itself, that, which is an autoimmune disease, essentially, as well. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so. sense. Oh, well, that's so cool. You guys are so just full of information. I love it. I feel like I've learned so much. I'm like, I'm so excited. I feel like educated, right? Yeah. And I wanted, I, I know like we've been here for a minute, but um, you mentioned the, the ketamine. Did I say that right? Yeah, uh-huh. That you guys, that. yeah. So why don't you touch on that? Because I did have another person, uh, this topic, like when I put it out there on an like Instagram and Facebook, it was like, like question, 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 question. Yeah. But um, someone had mentioned that they like did their rounds of that and for PTSD and just had massive success. And he's like, I don't know why people don't talk about this more. And yeah. he's like, so I'm really excited to listen and hear their take on it and like getting it out there because yeah. it was a huge thing for him. So yeah. yeah, talk about that a little bit because I'm not really familiar with it either. Yeah, so <laughs> ketamine for a long time was used as a party drug, um, and it's used a lot in veterinary, and it's used in anesthesiology as well, you know, like with propofol to help put patients out for a surgery. It's been actually utilized for a long time for pain, and just recently, um, over the last couple of years, the it's actually being fast-tracked if it's not already official all the way um, by the FDA and uh, being approved for PTSD, anxiety, treatment-resistant depression, even OCD, because what it does is, like, in... I like to use analogies because that's how we learn is if you understand something and can relate it to something you know, then you learn it faster and you'll retain it better. So when you go home, you probably take the same route, route, uh, road every time, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's no different in the brain. Your brain will take the, the route that it knows best. So whether it's PTSD, anxiety, depression, OCD, you've just hardwired your brain to get to, and you can be triggered and it's a fight or flight response. To protect yourself. That's what your brain is wired to do is just to protect you. That's it. Keep you safe. Not happy. Not fulfilled. Not at your optimal level. Just safe. That's it. And it does a really good job of that. Sometimes too good uh, to where it's limiting. But ketamine kind of puts a roadblock in that neural pathway and says, hey, you're going to still come up to this roadblock and you're going to have to take a detour. You're going to still see that that roadblock. Okay, let, let's say it's PTSD. There's a traumatic event there. There's a wreck. Now you have to be detoured, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to still see that, um, but you're going to be able to go around that as if you're not in the wreck because where before someone that has like PTSD or anxiety, you're in the wreck. You're the one that is in it, experiencing mm-hmm. it, right? But you get to observe that in a different uh, position and be able to form and take new neural pathways, and still be able to get home, but not take that same bumpy road that you've always been taking. Uh, if that kind of helps explain that. Yeah, for sure. And um, from what he kind of explained, it's, is it like a six month, like, is it an injection or is it a... It's an IV infusion. Okay. Um, there, are, excuse me, there are some clinics that will do like intramuscular injections, Um, and to be honest, the research, and this is just the research doesn't really show any significant changes or benefits, therapeutic benefits with doing that. So from what I've read, and if there's any people that have research that shows different, I'd love to see it because I've yet to find it. You're wasting your money if that's where you're getting it done. So it needs to be IV. That's where all, a lot of the studies have shown the most benefit, um, because it's just more controlled, um, faster acting, um, and it just achieves the most therapeutic benefits. But um, it might be an ongoing thing. That's again, where 
the, the lovely answer from healthcare is it just depends on the person. There's some people yeah. that need it every month. As far as follow-ups, you're going to do probably four to six loading doses in about a two, three week time frame. Um, and then after that, you just do maintenance. So, you know, kind of like with inflammation, and I know people can't see my hands, but up here, you know, you're at a level 10, okay? After that first infusion, your body comes down to a level eight, okay? Well, after so long, your body tries to go back to being where it's used to being at a level 10, even though it's not where it prefers to be, that's what it knows. It's know how to achieve inflammation homeostasis. So getting that next loading dose is going to bring it down to a six, and then a four, and then a two, and then hopefully a zero. And then it's just maintaining that. Some people do it once a year. Some people do it every three months, six months. It's just dependent upon how your body decides to metabolize it and use it effectively. That it's just an ongoing of, hey, is this, do I need to new, do I need to get another infusion? Whether that's three months, monthly, it just depends on the person. Yeah, that makes sense. That's so basically like a fast track to wiring your brain then. Yeah. So can you do both that and THC or is it one or the other? So you can do both. And uh, Dr. Larson, being an anesthesiologist, I will tell you, he'll tell, he said this, patients who are using cannabis, you need to make sure that you tell your anesthesiologist if you're going to have surgery because typically they need more Ooh, anesthetic. I have no idea. They, if you don't tell them and you're, a, and you're using it frequently, you actually require more medication. Otherwise, you're going to wake up in the middle of your surgery. Oh, shit. Uh -huh. And you're actually harder to wake up. That's terrifying. Uh -huh. So <laughs> it's beneficial to tell them so that you don't wake up in the middle of your surgery. It's like, oh, crap, there's my heart. <laughs> so, but you can do both. Now, would I recommend um, that right before you do your infusion? Probably not because not that it's going to hurt you, but it may have a head change. It might, not might, it will affect that cognition part. And... I'm going to say inhibit the full potential benefits from the ketamine. Not that you can't do it like the day before, but would I recommend doing it right before? Probably not. Because um, if you do too much, let's say someone does inhalation, okay, you're going to get a lot of THC real fast. And those two generally, not that you're going to like overdose and die or anything like that, but you might not have the most pleasant infusion. <laughs> yeah. It, it could kind of take a sideways turn. That makes sense. And, you know, I love that you touched on the surgery because I, I just think that shows, I mean, just be honest with your providers and be open about it. And because at the end of the day, that's how you're going to get the best results and the best treatment is just honesty. And, yeah. you know, even if you go into your doctor and you talk about something, I mean, HIPAA is going to protect you. So just, just right. be honest and find providers that are going to listen and really want the best for you because yeah. your health and safety at the end of the day is what's important. And like you just touched on, if you're not open and honest about that with somebody, it can, it can be it can a be huge scary. detriment yeah. to, to your, to yourself. And, and I will say that's, that's a challenge to find out if you can be open with your doctor. Cause we've had patients where they've been honest with their doctor and their doctor says, since you do medical cannabis, I will no longer see you as a patient. And now they don't have a, a way to get the rest of their medications that they need on a monthly basis. Wow. That's really unfortunate. So, yeah, so maybe the best way to, to, you know, if you're not sure if your provider's on board of like, Hey, what are your thoughts? I heard about this just to kind of open up that door. Like mm -hmm. my friend was doing it. You can always use that one and say, Hey, you know, 
Not that I'm interested, just wanted to see and kind of see what their thoughts are. Cause some, asking for a friend. Yeah, <laughs> asking for a friend. I saw the cannabis billboard. Yeah, that's a thing now. Oh, cool. Are you guys doing that here? Is that something you guys offer? Like, I just thought that was so, you know, I didn't ever think that would happen. And just kind of get a feel and you might get that I think it's stupid. I don't agree with it. And you'll know real fast that that's not a conversation you get to have with your provider that you need to have a different conversation with a different provider. Um, And I also think patients should know that it's, again, it's a collaboration. It's the doctor should not be the one firing the patient unless you're being completely negligent as a patient and not compliant. Um, I think that sometimes it is warranted to fire patients, but um, it really should be a collaboration and being able to be open with it. But doctors are serving you as a patient, not you serving the doctor as a patient. It's, it's, right. a, it's a collaboration. So, but again, take into consideration, please, because a lot of times patients come in and are like, I hate doctors. Give them a break because m- at least I'll speak for our doctors anyways, that they, they generally really don't care as far as like what you're doing. They just want to know so that they can help you to, to the most beneficial effect or treatment or plan or whatever it is. But, um, they're doing the best that they can, depending on where they're working at. They do have limitations that they have to abide by in certain, you know, big hospitals or clinics. And it's, kind of like, again, another analogy, they're the general contractors. And if I'm a construction worker and I say, Hey, I got this screw, I, I need a tool. And they're going to say, I have this script pad. It's a hammer. Go hammer in that screw. Will it get the job done? Absolutely. That's all they have though. They don't have a screwdriver. We have the screwdriver and the hammer. If that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, yeah it totally. Does. So they're doing you know, the best that they can with the, the tools they have. Right. And that makes sense. And like with any field, I mean, there's there's bad eggs in every field, you yeah. know, and it's unfortunate if you have to deal with those, but it doesn't mean that you got to put a label on all of them. You yeah. know what I mean? Because there are great doctors out there. Absolutely. And great people that really do genuinely want to help you. And sometimes so. doctors just, again, they haven't been taught this. They don't have that education. They don't have that knowledge. And so, you know, I, w- I personally would really respect a doctor if they, if you, if the patient asked him and said, Hey, I want to do that. And they're like, I just don't know enough and to feel comfortable about doing that. But let me do some research, you know, let me look into it, right. they may, whether they have the time to do that or not. But, yeah. you know, look into it for yourself as well. Um, but, you know, just being honest with the patient as well, like, I just don't know enough. I, 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 I have no idea. This is also new to them as well, that we haven't had all this research that we have now. And, and it's still evolving all the time. So be patient with with some of the doctors as well. No, I agree. That's so cool. You guys are so just, like I said, full of information. This is awesome. And it's been super helpful, and I can't wait to share it. Um, Is there anything else that you guys wanted to, like, touch on about your clinic or things you offer that you want to put out there or – Got Botox and lip fillers on sale. Hey, hey. Trying to steal the whole market. I won't post it out, say it out loud, but it's a hell of a deal. Go check out our website, quintessencehealthandwellness.com, if you could spell it. If not, just tell Google to find it, and she will. I love it. Yes, and so you guys have a website. Yeah, we have a website. Um, You're on Facebook. We have a group. It's called Utah Cannabis United, and if they... Type in the word cannabis, it will block the search. So just type Utah United and Utah Cannabis United will pop up. But that's a place yeah. where we're like very low drama. There's no memes. There's no bullshit. It's all people asking relevant questions. And if you wanted to hop on there and ask a question yourself, you'd have people come on there and intelligently answer you. So 
That's it's, awesome. it's a really good group. Yeah. Cool. Very, very good. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for yeah. connecting with us and coming on here and driving out here. I know you guys are out in Sandy where we met in Farmington, kind of yeah, halfway. I live in Syracuse, so, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, oh, we were up hey, there Lincoln, you go. So we're cool, good. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, yeah, no, I appreciate it so much. And I, like I said, I can't wait because just the interest in this topic that I got from my followers, I was yeah. like, all right, this is, this yeah. is a hot topic we're that people want to know about. So yeah, I appreciate sure. it. Thanks cool. for having us. Yep. Anytime. If you want to well, have us on again, we'll talk about the other ones. I seriously, I I would love that. Seriously, there's you guys. Lot, there's lots that we there's can talk tons. about. You guys yeah. are awesome. So, no, we'll do this again for sure. And, um, yeah, check them out, you guys. Call them. Like I said, they're just down to earth, honest, yeah. here to help you. So yes. check them out. Awesome. Cool. Thank okay, you. guys. Thank Thanks. you. <laughs>